This is the chop up, trying to get chopped up, not get slapped up. You already know. Yeah, man. So, you know what we're going to call this one today? We're going to call this the economic chop. You know what I mean? Recently in, in, in politics, on social media, in different states, we've seen that there have been a lot of bills being, uh, being passed. Uh, trying to restrict different uh, people living on SNAP's benefits, living on government assistance, trying to restrict what they can and cannot do yeah. on, like, food stamps, uh, where they can live with Section 8 hood. A lot of that's already kind of been there, but, you know what I'm saying, it brings the question. Uh, the first question I want to ask before we start getting more into, like, food stamps and, and tax paying and stuff like that, when is the first time that y'all realized y'all were class? Like, when is the first time you realized they were different class experiences based off of like an experience you had um i don't know i feel like i grew up in what i'll call the upper lower class if that makes sense like in hindsight like yeah like like in hindsight like my mother owns our home you know what i'm saying it used to be my granddaddy house now it's ours uh, she's got it, and it, I mean, it was due to an 18 wheeler running into our house. Another story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> but our entire house got remodeled, you know what I'm saying? She has been employed <clears throat> for over 40 years. Um, never grew up struggling too bad, but then, you know, as a kid, like some, and as an adult, I kind of wonder if my mom was just that good at covering up the struggle, you know what I'm saying, and covering up hey, some stuff. Black women do it. You know what I'm saying? And like, I just, it. it didn't register to me that niggas wasn't balling. Cause like, when I look back, like, I wasn't wearing Jordans and Forces and shit like that when it was popping. But I was able to, what I call mid grade. Y'all know about mid grade. But what I call is the mid grade cool shit, like right? Classics. Like, Reebok Classics. I can give me some K Swiss. I can give me some Adidas. You know, some $60, $70 shoes. But, you know, remember when, uh, yeah, remember when, um, who was that that used to have two for nine? Foot Locker used to have two for 99. They used to have forces yeah. for two for ninety nine. All right, well, I wasn't part of that deal. My mom didn't would give me a, a pair of low tops and a pair of high tops. But I was able to get two shoes at a time. You know what I'm saying? My brother and my yeah. sister are twins, and they like thirteen so that years old. Two for eighty nine. Where I'm from? You said what? That was two for eighty nine. Where I'm from? See, man, like, bro, that was two for ninety nine up in the city. V lines. You can get you some New Balances. You can get you some. Uh, it, was, it was it was a third shoe. But see, even my sister, my sister, like, probably, you know, it wasn't a myth to me because she in the comments, which is fortunate right now. She like, it probably wasn't a, a meant to me that we was all right. But my mama was working two or three jobs and she literally was. I didn't, I seen my mama enough to know that she was my mama and that I was taken care of and that everything I had was because of her. And I was loved and all that kind of fun. I was raised, right? Like, I must, I did not have an absentee parent, but how? Nigga, when it's only 24 hours in a day and I promise you, my mama, until I was in like middle school. I always had two or three jobs. Yeah. Like, no bullshit. Like, constantly. And so, when I think about, like, what class I was in and my consciousness of it, I guess it was kind of just realizing that I wasn't, I didn't have everything I wanted. But, yeah. was that yeah, necessary no. when I was all right? Like, shit is all right. Like, we, yeah. all right, I guess. You know what I'm saying? I got a phone. And I, the thing, my metric for that was I got everything on time. When I was time for me to get a car, I drove a car. When, you know what I'm saying? When I needed new shoes and when things needed to happen, it happened. I went to the doctor when I was sick. I went to, you know what I'm saying? Like, stuff happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so, my mama always had a car. Lights was consistently on. My Our, our, our lights got cut off a couple times because niggas was working two or three jobs and forgot to pay, like, legitimately. For, she's like, we have it. 
I have it. <laughs> I just have forgotten to participate in the payment mm-hmm. of such a thing. So yeah. we just gonna tomorrow morning you're gonna wake up with lights. Or tomorrow morning the phone gonna be on. Like don't trip. And so it was like Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It just wasn't them other the popular kids, you know what I'm saying? With all the cool shit. I wasn't we wasn't that kid, we wasn't that family. So I was raised by drug dealers. So <laughs> shit, like my stepdad was so dope. You feel me? My yeah. dad sold dope. My stepdad before that sold dope. You know what I mean? So it was like, when you say hood rich, it's like, hell yeah. Like yeah. That's, that's pretty much, you know what I'm saying, where niggas was at. But um, the, the first time like I really felt, like I mean, it's, up until that point, like that was just life. Like I didn't want to live it, and I knew it was something else out there, but yeah. like that was just like life up until that point. When I started debating, it was like probably my junior year in high school. Mm-hmm. We would do this shit where we would, uh, we would... When we would travel for debate tournaments, we wouldn't go to hotels. The kids at the high school, they would host us. Yeah. So they yeah. would they would they would let us stay in their guest homes. Okay. <laughs> no bullshit. Bull, bull. So like the first time like I really felt how poor I was was the first time I seen a flat screen TV, like a plasma screen TV. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And this was back in 2005, mm-hmm. you feel me? And so, you know, this is, we, like, this is their, their side house. And their side house has more shit in it than, than like, my, my real, real house. house. Yeah. You feel me? They got, a, they got an Xbox that they just keep there. This is back when yeah. Xbox first popping. They had Halo. They had a game room. So, like, the, the kids, like, that was hosting us, these niggas had, like, flat screens before flat screens was, like, yeah. Available, you feel me? Yeah, with that X- or, uh, Xbox hooked up, and then if the flat screen, we didn't want to do that, we could pull down a projector. Yeah, you feel me? I had seen that type of shit on TV, but like to sleep in a house like that, like to be treated by some people like that, like that's when I I felt like oh shit, like there's a very stark difference. You know what I'm saying between like how people live and like this shit is uh, it's no joke. I'm going to tell y'all a funny story real quick, and then I'm going to toss it back over to you. That really connects both good, well-meaning, well-intentioned white people, but also recognizing how poor you are. Y'all ready for my story? Yeah. Okay. My debate coach, which was really close friends with his debate coach, right? We would travel to these debate tournaments together on the same buses and stuff like that. They were clearly sharing resources and shit like that. But we was bringing home all the trophies. Sure. Uh, Not exactly. Anyway. But, but when we would go to these tournaments, not all the time would we have to stay in other people's houses. Sometimes they would stay and do like the little house situation facilitated with the school and we would stay in hotels. And the thing about it is that my coach was like fronting that money her damn self. Like my coach paid for so much debate shit. And this is what led me to this thought. She was so rich. She used to take us nigga kids. And y'all, when I think about this, on a regular basis, I, I, I laugh every fucking time because this was really slavery. This was almost, if you looked at it from the outside, you'd be like, what the fuck is happening at this lady's house? Miss Brackman had a huge house in the suburbs, uh, out in Grandview, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which was the suburb, suburbs at the time before all the niggas moved out there. <laughs> <laughs> that was just another part of it. It's an extension of the hood. Yeah. But she lived in the suburbs and she had a big ass backyard, a big ass garden. Now this lady was like, she's like 4'10". She's, you know, yeah, she's limber, she's active, you know what I'm saying? But she's, like, she needed help with her garden in the back and shit like that. Pouring mulch, pulling weeds, planting shit, whatever. So she would literally pick us up. She would drive her husband's big ass, he owned a construction company, he had a big ass excursion. 
He would go yeah. around. The, she would go around the city and pick up like five nigga kids. She would pick us up, take us to the grocery store. She'd be like, "All right, everybody in here, you got a six dollar limit. You get whatever you want for six dollars. Niggas get chips, sodas, get you a lunchable, whatever." We would go to her house, sit around the table, and we would eat, talk, and bullshit. Be like, "Y'all ready to work?" Yes. Like it was kind. It wasn't like mean. Like get up and work. But it yeah. was like, all right, now that I fed you, now that you did your thing. She used to have like five, six pairs of gloves, <laughs> a little smock for you to put on. So you what did y'all get, out, get out of this shit? And we would go over there and garden Ooh, for like shit. for like three for like three hours at a time for like seven dollars an hour. So I would leave as a fourteen year old from my coach's house with like twenty one dollars. <laughs> Slave luck wages <laughs> for us to go work in this white lady garden. And the but it was I was always so conflicted about what we was doing because imagine you got this real small white woman standing on her porch just pointing, and you got about six seven nigga kids just outside pulling weeds. That's funny. And playing Brack- doing weird Ms. shit. Brackman was getting y'all, but, but she met a need. That's what yeah. I'm saying. This is the combination of the two things. She was a lit ass white lady. It was like I know I got this money. That I can invest in these kids. Yeah, it's something they can do for me. Yeah, yeah. I know they ain't got no money. But now, hey, hey, but now that I'm a homeowner, I know who goddamn it that she she was getting the cheaper end because you for 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 some for some <laughs> landscaping it's expensive, nigga. So but if you're six of y'all and she's paying y'all twenty dollars a peep a person, man, it's like but, a fifteen hundred job. But that was the thing though. It was like it was like she when niggas, it was like when niggas got older because like my debate coach had bread too, right? And she was paying for a lot. We, like, we used to travel as uh, Kansas City Central Club. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Not not as the school. So she would, like, she would have, like, four teams. Like, she paying for all our meals and all of this shit, right? Like, they used to be, they, like, they used to be pissed at a lot of shit. You feel me? And it wasn't until I got older that I realized that they saw the situations that we was in, like, with our school. Well, especially with our school. They was the college prep school, so not as much, but... You know what I'm saying? They would see that they would see like she would see what we had to endure. You know what I'm saying? Like and they realize kids having to go home and they like you know you ain't got no food at home. You know what I'm saying? Like I know I ain't gonna, I ain't put nobody I ain't gonna put nobody on blast, but, but like some of my teammates like she really took care of. Yeah, like, she did. My debate coach yeah. had to just take them in and raise them. You feel it's me? Like, well, so, you know what I'm saying? It's probably for me. That's why I set up. But I guess I share my little story. Uh, for me, mine is in like the second grade. When I uh, learned about uh, free and reduced lunch, and realized I was on free and reduced lunch, and <laughs> something about my mama and daddy that made me well, I qualify for the shit. Bro. And then I realized that it was other people that was paying for their lunch. You know what I'm saying? And then centered also around lunch is that you know what I mean? Shit, I, I, I grew up on like HUD, food stamps, welfare stuff like that. So the beginning of the month we ate good. Shit, by the middle of the month and the end of the month we ain't eat good at all. You know what I'm saying? And for some reason it seemed like shit. The month seemed it seemed like most of the month we didn't have no food stamps. You know what, yeah. what I'm saying? So with that being said, shit, I'm being I'm being I'm being nutrition and being fed at school. Once I realized with people that literally opted out not being fed at school because it was better food at home, it made me realize that my life experiences was not universal. Like, literally, shit, I, ain't, I'm, I don't know what I'm I'm about to go to the cool cup lady house for dinner. Like, yeah. whatever I can, whatever change I can find on the couch, that's what I'm eating for dinner. You know what I'm saying? So, like, like, like my old man was in jail and my mom was down all the time. It was like, shit, I'm only getting breakfast and lunch at school. When the weekend rolled around or dinner, 
I'm on my own, me and my sisters. You know what I'm saying? I'm like fifth, fifth grade, sixth grade. You know what I'm saying? So shit. That's, that's when I started to realize, right like, man, this class thing, or really, I ain't gonna say class. I ain't think about this class. I thought about it as money thing. Like, damn, my my money experiences are not the same as everybody else. I thought everybody who had my experience, it's like everybody young, grows up like this. You telling that story is is interesting to me because I think about that in relationship to me buying lunch and my financial aid when it was time for me to go to college. My mama always, yeah. like, I got free reduced lunch, right? But my mama, like, was not, it wasn't, ter- like, she was, I barely, I probably just barely got in there. Like, I'm probably, like, a, the sliver Definitely. of, almost could pay for my lunch full price, but I barely yeah, got in there. Like, yeah. like I, I, I imagine she came back with the paperwork. Then I look at, you know, getting financial aid for school, and it was literally a situation where my mama, like, I literally make too much money to not get you enough shit. But I can't afford this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, at all. Like, not even kinda. Like, she, my mama looked at me when I was in the 12th grade. Because I went to a college prep school. So it was kind of like, I'm going to go to college. But I'm first generation. I don't know what this shit look like. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just kind of in no bullshit, y'all. It was, a, it was a hot September day. My mama was like, so, you know you got to go to college. Right? And I'm like, she was like, but I ain't got no money for you. So you need, to, you need to figure it out. Because you have to go to college. Yeah, but I sense. don't have anything to provide toward that. Hey, so and it's the life. thing, like y'all was at least like good students. Like my mama said, <laughs> I had to be out of, out of her house at eighteen. You feel me? I didn't make good grades in high school. Mm-hmm. Like, I was not a good student at all. I made I hated grades in high school. You feel me? If it wasn't for my debate scholarship, a nigga wouldn't have been like. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But then being in OU was another like. It was like a. Uh, it was, oh, you definitely took it to another level. Oh, you took it to another level. Yo, it, it's cultural shock though, because like when you like in, when you in the dorms, right? Like mm-hmm. you happy just to have your own TV, just like, your own, your time to yourself. But then you walk around and you see like freshmen driving around in like G wagons. Yeah. You G wagons, like, BMWs. Like, getting, I feel like I feel like once I realized that I had homies. That like, okay, you know what I'm saying? You know, we undergrad, so everybody trying to dabble and smoke some weed and drink a little bit or whatever. Once I realized it was homies, like white people that was literally, their parents sending them $100 a week for allowance, and that's how they doing what they doing, my mind was blown. It's like, nigga, and we ain't even talking about, about the trust fund Send something back home to somebody, you know what I'm saying? For some reason, you getting it, that blew my mind. Look, look, why? Because look, we up there, like, it was like welfare. Like, you know, we got meal points at mm-hmm. the beginning of the shit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, shit, every nigga I knew towards the end of the, or towards the, end of the semester, you know what I'm saying? Hey, bro, you got some points, you feel yeah, me? Like, you got, a, you got a meal, you got an exchange or something for your boy. Because, like, nigga, we struggling. But, but like, being on a debate team, you seeing how they live, like, th- these white kids, like, I know, they, they going to their fraternity house, you feel me? Like, they go in the banquets. They Trust fund kids. They, 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 like, like my mama and daddy in the penitentiary. And I'm and I, I'm literally traveling the country. You know what I'm saying? Me and Rashid ass, you know what I'm saying? Got some dysfunctional, unconventional backgrounds. And, and Damo and Kane is just like, we literally go on a team with trust fund kids. We on a team with people that, like, they driving BMWs to debate practice. You know what I'm saying? We got people like, you know what I mean? Shit, me and shit. I'm stressed out one time because, you know what I mean? Like, uh, somebody got busted or my sister's really going through it or something like that. Shit, one of my debate 
teammates shit. They they stressed out and pissed off because they not being like that. They not finna get like you know what I'm saying. They cell phone bill paid for. They gotta pay for it with their own money. Mm-hmm. It was like like that's when I started thinking like man, these class discrepancies is real. You know what I'm saying. But let me let me let me add a little more to the conversation though. So when it comes to food stamps and and people in the hood. What is y'all perspective in terms of dependency and survival? Like, 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 is is food stamps more important because it gives us people survivability, or is it more of a detriment because it creates dependency? Like, what is y'all? What is y'all perspective? And y'all definitely in the comments, let me know what y'all think. So, I, I think uh, I think it's a, I think it's, it's it's necessary in terms of like I believe in like a social safety net. Like that's the that's the role. Of governments to provide shit like that, but on the question of dependency, I think I I don't think that has welfare that don't have shit to do with the dependency of it. You feel me? Like it's yeah. a question of uh, opportunity. Yeah, you know I mean, and if you and if you already somebody who's like on welfare or like you know what I'm saying like like fo- like focused on shit like that, then you already at a place where you deny or you not being presented with particular opportunity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Welfare is supposed to be able to give you that 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 ability to sustain, but sustaining don't mean shit if if you aren't being placed in a position of where you can kind of move forward. You feel me? That's why it's like it's it's difficult because uh me and uh when Atoya debated Isaiah, I don't know if Isaiah's still in the chat, but uh he had, he had posted something about um like them saying you can't buy like snacks and like uh, uh yeah, I that too. Yeah, do the Texas. Snack, right? yeah. And 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 to be honest. I, I get like why it's why it's uh it, why can, why it's considered insidious because of like the the, the purpose behind it like mm-hmm. the people putting it forth they not they not trying to get nothing good out of it but it's actually been it's better I mean I, I would say I would say uh, let me say this I would say that if there's a there's a a a positive side. To niggas not being in a position where they can buy a whole bunch of processed bullshit. I agree with that, but the necessary, but wait a minute, is the notion and idea of food deserts, right? Niggas need access to better shit and don't need to be guzzling down sodas and eating chips and shit all day, right? That's diabetes and hypertension par excellence, but there are no grocery stores. In black communities, there is no places where you can get. I'm thinking about my 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 neighborhood and where I lived at. The closest place you can go get some, yeah, niggas going to buy their groceries out of Family Dollar and Dollar General, and you know getting stuff out of that frozen section. They got a little cooler section where we get some meat, some bologna, some milk. Y'all go grab some cereal from over there. They got some frozen broccoli over here that we might get to put with these little chicken tenders or these hot wings. They got that's frozen over here. Y'all go get yep. some Totino's pizza, some pizza rolls, Nigga died, get some man. chicken patties. And, like I know the game, right? Like, and I'm sitting here, and part of me is looking at a lot of these places. Like I will walk through Family Dollar and Dollar General. Like man, I know this rush. This place is getting you know these families through. You know what I'm saying? Like I know it's certain families who come in here, and I'm grateful that it's places like this in the hood so that people can get groceries in the first place. But I'm also realizing I'm going back to getting my mama car because we only went there for cleaning supplies and toilet tissue. She finna go to Price Chopper, Hy-Vee, Walmart Market, whatever to go get our groceries because she can. You know what I'm saying? But she got to drive to go do that. If you on the metro all day, if you on the bus, who? Can bop all that, and your ice cream may never go. You, so you can't never have popsicles or ice cream because you you got to go to the grocery store that's across town. That's six, see, three see, I think away. that I think that the uh, I think that the uh, the the way they trying to remedy the issue with poor dietary options in the hood is fallacious because it's like shit. We poor. 
Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? It, 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 it's going to be more convenient for me to throw some food in the microwave and be on the go because, you know what I'm saying, I'm going to work a job and shit, you know what I mean, like that. But also, too, it's like, well, I get $500 or $600 per month in, in, in food stamps. Well, this organic costs $10. You know what I'm saying? Shit, this little food I can buy right here, it costs a dollar. You know what I'm saying? So it's like there are other things that has to be done, I feel like, before we jump to trying to make it where the government should restrict you know what I'm saying? What people can buy. And I know in my home state of Texas, it's like I thought I thought y'all was a whole bunch of Republicans that was uh, 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 like pissed off about big government and only want a small government. So why do you want the government to overreach and being able to kind of limit and, and control what people be able to eat? Yeah. Also, should the government give more uh, subsidies to coin syrup co- companies to make it where this food so much cheaper? So if you want to make a real remedy, make the healthy food cheaper. And yeah. make the bad make the food bad more food expensive, right. and you can it's, maybe it's, remedy that problem. That's too much, like right. But I mean, but I, but I, and, and while I agree with that, I do think though that like it's something to be said. It's like okay, yeah, this isn't this is accessibility, and this is what they have. You know what I'm saying? What they closer to? But like, I, I mean, I, I feel like that's that that's just what make it worse, right? That's why we got the diabetes. That's why we got the you know what I'm saying the overweight shit. You feel me? Mm-hmm. It's because it's like. Yeah, you know, this is what's around, so we got to do what we got to do. And it's like, ah, I get that. You feel me? And and I do understand taking the metro and shit. Like, we had to do that shit. You know what I'm saying? Big time. Like, catching the bus with my granny and shit. Wow. You feel me? But at the same time, it's like, it's a, it's, 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 it's a rock and a hard time. place. It's, it's a rock and a hard place because we get caught in a trap. We either, we either deny the ability to eat the uh, unhealthy shit, but, you know what I'm saying, it's harder to get groceries. Or we have the ability to get the uh, the unhealthy shit, but it's fucking us up, you know what I'm saying, over the long term. I mean, but that's why the onus should not be on consumers, i.e. misfortunate or unfortunate or less fortunate consumers like black people to make better decisions when the systems and the structures have been created like they have to not encourage better decisions. You want to talk about shit like not getting diabetes and shit like that. We don't have access to a lot of preventative health care. Or healthcare to begin with, so nobody knows how to take and it. That's, the, that's the reason they why I characterize like it as being fallacious. They feel like you know what I'm saying. Like that's not something that's gonna happen to them. That hypertension is some shit for Big Mama. That's that's still too far away for me. It's not possible. Well, if I'm getting up walking to work every day, then I must be getting some exercise in. But no, you going to work and then on your lunch break, you going to McDonald's getting three sandwiches, a fry, and a large drink. So that's not really helping nobody. You know what I'm saying? So it's a vicious cycle that rolls into each other because of the way that niggas in general, writ large, have been kind of placed back. So, the least you can do is give food stamps and I guess not police them. Because, I mean, shit, you ain't doing nothing else to help me even figure out how to grocery stop and do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? You get niggas in the grocery store who have not been taught nutrition, have not been taught about, you know what I'm saying, uh, 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 food stamps as a transitional opportunity for you to eventually transition out of it. And now you got people wasting their money shopping in the inside of the aisles where all the unhealthy food is. They're not even shopping at the perimeter of the store, which is how you get nutritionally, uh, nutritionally rich food. That means they spending more money on it, which means they, you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it's, it's a slippery slope that, that develops into bad business where we really can't afford to police black people on how they eat because we yeah. fucked them over already. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So, I mean, yeah, I, to, I, what concerns me, and here's a question I have for y'all in return, is like, is it realistic? One of the suggestions I got that could deter food stamp dependency 
is to only provide it for X amount of months. So you get food stamps for a maximum of 18 months. Then you get kicked off of it for a while. And then you have to reapply to re-get food stamps, right? People say that that is a better kind of deterrent to people abusing the system, uh, but also allows for there to be a, a more reasonable uh, uh, allocation of those resources that don't make people dependent in the first place. Would y'all yeah. agree or disagree with that particular approach? And what y'all got in the comments? Talk to us. I mean, for me, I think that I think that um, like I do get that people become start to become dependent on food stamps over a long period of time when they own it. But I think the issue with making a time limit is like it's like 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 where like you know like things like white flight literally makes it where uh, opportunities for employment. You know what I'm saying? Like literally leave communities, and it's just like shit. I know you know what I'm saying. It's some, I know in some instances it's very hard to get a job. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Or it's hard to get a job with good living wages. You know what I'm saying? Like I know that when I was having this conversation on like the uh, on the uh, news station like Facebook or whatever, I was talking about how there are people in Oklahoma that have master degrees that live on food stamps. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's people yeah. that you know, especially for black graduates in terms of accessibility and mobility. And it's just like, okay, we give this black person 18 months to be on food stamps, and in month 19 we take them off. We literally know statistics for people that that's, that's trying because you know people like say like people that's poor we poor because we lazy and we just be poor because it's our fault. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to be able to push that narrative away a little bit. It's people that really bust their ass trying to work, but they still get stuck with being qualified, still able to qualify for like food stamps and hood. It's just like you know. So I think that's like the gray area, or that's like the thing that like pretty much the hard rock and the hard spot. Because I do think Toya, it is a it's a, it's, a, it's a fair concern about, like, people, like, I know, I don't want to out nobody, but I know people in my family that's been on food stamps my whole life. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm damn near 30 years old. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And a part of me feel like, man, you've become so conditioned to depend on this that you're willing to do whatever you have to do to keep it. Even if it means you got to go through with a little less, you're willing to keep it because it's free money. That's how you're looking at it. And, and, but and I also it's... know, too, in terms of, like, jobs, it's like shit. My like, like we know there's been a study done through, throughout the country that say minimum wage pay cannot afford most people across the board in every in every state. You know what I'm saying? Like affordable living for two households. You know what I'm saying? Two rooms type shit. Peep the comments. That's literally what she proposed. Is like, but is my income going to increase in those 18 months enough to feed three kids? Just because I have a job or I'm on food stamps for this 18 months right. and you giving me this deadline, don't mean that month 19 all of a sudden. You have done nothing else change, and I'm still robbing Peter to pay Paul that I have enough money accumulated to all of a sudden start buying and furnishing groceries and, and twice then, a month. And then, and then, if you look at, I mean, in terms of like that, like making it more bureaucratic, right? But being a deterrence, we don't really see that because all you really see is what, like, when you look at the, um, the the myth, right, or like the perception of the welfare queen. What you have is you have somebody who knows the system. Mm-hmm. She knows when she got to get her paperwork turned in. She knows what she needs to, to turn in yeah. in order to get her benefits. She knows when she got to be at the office. She knows what time she got to be up there. So, uh, like, getting, like, pretty much game in the system mm-hmm. is her job. You feel me? Or his job. You know what I'm saying? The problem with that, though, is that when we talk about dependency, the conversation of dependency only centers around people of color. But when we know... Yeah. At this point, 
white people are on are on welfare more than anybody else. Right. You feel me? Yeah. So, but but when we talk about dependency, we only have this perception of like 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 when we say you know what I'm saying. Uh, uh, like them limiting, like we look at it as an infernal attack on us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because that's who they attacking, right? Because when you think about welfare in in, in states like Virginia and states like Alabama, Oklahoma, you know what I'm saying? It's it, there's a different conversation that takes place that's not as, like in these in these white ass places that's not as uh, demonizing. You know what I'm saying? Or stigmatized. Too. That's not as derogatory. Yeah. It's because it's like, oh, it's it's helping people. You feel me? But then you go to places like Baltimore, or you go to places. You know what I'm saying? Like these 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 very uh, black uh, 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 black centers, mm-hmm. uh, uh, population or whatever. With a huge urban core. You feel me? Then it's all of a sudden where well, y'all gotta eat like this and y'all gotta do it like this. You know what I'm saying? So vibrant know. conversation happening in the comments uh andrew is like dependency is created by class and such saying people shouldn't be dependent might as well be a declaration of class war because it says people should starve which is fucked uh tiffany responds people shouldn't starve they just shouldn't become stagnant and follows up with the idea that we have to use assistance as just that and not turn it into a way of life or a lifestyle i agree with the idea of not turning into a lifestyle in theory, I just feel like the way that our economic system, the way that unemployment rates work, the way that employment in general works, like it is only theoretical. It's already conditioned like, to be part of it. The way in the, the and I think what people miss a lot of times is that we are attempting to fit a square peg in a round hole in a world where we are attempting the same ways we cling on to the Constitution and some interpretations of it, even though society has changed a thousand times over. Take gun laws, for example. Right. So we can't apply the same interpretation of gun laws to the way that guns exist right now mm-hmm. It's the same way. We can't look at these uh, 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 Rooseveltian policies that were created a part of the New Deal to kind of recharge our society and provide social services to people and think they're going to fit the same framework or the framework for it is going to fit the population of people that exist right now in the way that the political and economic uh, climate exists right yeah. now. They're just like. Because it's it, a difficult it, balance. It goes back into the conversation we was having about reparations. And what we see with, with, with our welfare system is the idea that just give them something. Yeah. Like, uh, let's give them food. Let's give them this, right? But the reason why they poor in the first place is because structural barriers. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's education. Whether it's like, like, like we were talking about earlier, a, uh, access to op- uh, opportunities. So what, what we have is it's not a question of it's like getting stuck on the, on the assistance. Is that the assistance doesn't go far enough to alleviate the situation? True. It helps. Uh, welfare helps mitigate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The situation. It gives poor people food so they don't starve. To me, it's like, but it like doesn't temporary gratitude. The causes that that, that, that put them, them to starve in the first place. Exactly. Or or just is why they're impoverished. Yeah. You feel me? What'd you say, Lee? So it's like like almost where a lot of the government assistance programs they become literally for instant gratitude and not for long term sustainability. So right. I think that there is a fair criticism to say that, well, we got people like literally, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm there 30 years old. I know multiple people from where I'm from that's been on food stamps in the hood and station eight my entire life. You know what I'm saying? We can say that's an issue. But I think that that issue cannot only, that, that issue cannot only, like the, the responsibility of the issue cannot only be made for the recipient receiving the benefits. And not the system that made it, you know what I'm saying? And I ain't saying the system, the, the system, the system. But it's like the system to me, it's a fair same analysis. Reason why a check can't be stand in place of a longer term investment that starts to pull people out of yeah. certain social situations. That is, that it's just it's shallow. 
right? Yeah. And we'll end yeah. up in the same place that we are soon after that without with little to no change. Comments, Isaiah dropped along when I want to uh, get to it. He says, limiting welfare breaks more people than it makes. Yeah, food uh, is needed to live biologically, but not having food has a huge psychological effect. That traps people into a past material level. I think we often romanticize overcoming stories. I agree with that. And forget how bad our strong families and ourselves suffered when technicalities or small mistakes regarding welfare left them without yeah. food. Shit's get, shit gets soul-breaking, you know what I'm saying? Like, And that's that's real, you know what I mean? Like, attempting to orient yourself toward a system, toward a, a governing body um, with the idea that they're supposed to be there to help you and then because you fill out a form wrong or because all of a sudden you make a couple dollars more than what you're supposed to make, your food gets taken yeah. away from you. Like, that shit, that kind of, you know, it's stringing on a, uh, it's, it's hanging on a string at any given time. Man, a string, like, you literally know what I'm saying? carrying like, a horse. I remember being in college having to get on food stamps. When I moved out here, let me tell y'all a fun fact about me. When I moved to California, they didn't have my contract. The lady who was supposed to process my contract uh, went on maternal leave. And they couldn't find my shit. So I had moved all the way to California, packed up all my shit out here, and I technically didn't have a job. And in order for them to figure out my contract, I had to wait a month for them to pay me. But I literally picked up and moved in a month. Like, I took the job and moved to California from Kansas in a month. I spent everything I had, right? And so when I moved out here with no guarantee of a contract, somebody on maternity leave, whatever, who did I get on the phone with the food stamp people? Like, hey, I don't know where my food coming from all of a sudden. Like, I, we come, I don't have a contract to work, and I just shut down my entire life and moved it to California. Mm-hmm. And I had to be on food stamps for a second. Fortunately, I started making friends, so after a while, once I got my pay straight, I was just feeding niggas. Like, y'all want to come over and eat? Like, come over and have, you know what I'm saying? Like, until the food stamps ran out, of course, I didn't reapply, I didn't qualify at that time. I had started to get my, <laughs> my situation figured out. Money. But... You know what I'm saying? Like, literally, I remember being in college just tweaking. Like, any small thing, any small issue. If I worked too many hours at this job, they was going to take away my food stamps. But my financial aid bender ran out. So, I really don't have no money. But y'all want, like, it, it was crazy. But I also yeah. got to go to schools. But y'all want me to make sure I have a job. So, which one is it? Go to work so I can yeah. get the food stamps or go to class? Right. Yeah. It was a toss-up problem. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I know. I know in um, doing a uh, doing doing unlearning classes and workshops, what I'm able to what was able to kind of uh, explore is how the uh, rich people orient towards their money. Is their money is investments to make more money? You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's, that's how rich people tend to orient towards finance. And, how middle and, class people start to orient, or how, how middle class people tend to orient towards finance is about, about saving. You know what I'm saying? It's all about saving. And how lower class people tend to, you know what I'm saying, poor people tend to relate to, like, finance. It's just a tool for everyday survival. Like, whatever I need in that day, I'm going to use my money to get it in that day. And to me, that is literally about cultural capital and about how, shit, financial literacy gets passed on. You know what I'm saying? When I was 13 to 12 and still with my mama and I was thinking about moving in my own house and shit like that, thinking about that as a young teenager, my mom was telling me that she can teach me how to fill out the HUD uh, application. She can help me fill out the station education. Help me make an application. Help me, help me fill out the uh, food stamp application yeah. and I'll be able to live on my own. And you know what I'm saying? That was the cultural capital or the economic capital that I was being able to give for my mama because shit is what she knew. You know what I'm and saying? I mean, and I think of that now is just like, you know what I mean? So how does that affect, like, how does knowing that different classes have different orientation, different orientation towards money affect how you have orientation, how your orientation is to money? That makes sense. Yeah. That's a very wordy question, but yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm gonna say this, and then we could all kind of like put our little little thing on. You feel me? Um, 
when it comes to how we orient it, is it like it, it literally depends on where you fall in that. Yeah. Right? Like like money being a matter of survival is only a thing if that's how you survive, right? And so it, it, it like it, you can't you really can't change your relationship to that, like understanding until you change your bracket. Like those those two things are are in direct correlation. Yeah. Like being a homeowner, you feel me? Like you it's certain things that you were starting to understand about about finances that you couldn't even be, begin to fathom when you was renting. Yeah. You feel me? That's so it's it. like so it, it takes money to actually be able to uh to like evolve that perspective. But I will it say It takes books to get literate, man. Yeah, it takes books me? to become literate. So but but I will say this, in terms of when we're talking about welfare, mm-hmm. like the one thing is like that word, welfare, is what's problematic, right? That those monies, those efforts should be an investment. You like investing in your population. Like you're investing in a uh, uh, the opportunity for more of your population to become to, to live in a better life. You feel me? Because yeah. like that's the, the 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 people, right? The populace is the back the backbone of a society. Mm-hmm. And the worse off most the people are doing, is, yeah, the worst off the society is as a whole. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So. Like that that perspective of oh we uh, that the rich people have in terms of looking at money as an investment we got to look at uh, welfare and those social net uh, or social safety net policies as an investment into you know what I'm saying in the people and then that's what we'll get past the way that you know what I'm saying like a lot of that shit impacts people of color now. exactly and that's why welfare and reparations Taylor is kind of making a good point here that kind of yep. tied together because whether we're talking about welfare or reparations. Uh, White people, let me see. So she she said social assistance began as land grants for white war veterans and their wives after after the world wars. Land is directly tied to wealth, right? Welfare began as ability to sustain livelihood, to sustain and give material that you can take as an investment and develop on and grow yeah. on. And if not, give it to your family and create generational wealth and come up with some type of industry or some type of ability to sell and commodify something that yep. then makes you an entrepreneur and a business owner that gives you that financial security. You know what I'm saying? So land is most directly tied ownership property all of that is directly tied to your ability to have any social mobility in this country economically in terms of kind of the knowledge or relationship we've been given to class and to money and how that shape kind of how we move you know my mother wasn't i i don't you know it's hard you know especially black women they don't talk to you about their money that's that's not a thing they put their purse on the floor they don't talk to you about how that money move you know what i'm saying don't worry about it period you know what i'm saying just know when it when some shit need to get done it's gonna get done and so i say that to say me and my mama never really my mama always let me see what's some money tips my mama gave me uh don't spend your last right never spend your last learn how to have a cutoff point where you like you just broke like i was telling dominique you know what i'm saying i want punishment i was telling my last week i'm not like really broke in real life like i mean i'm broke in real life like don't get it fucked yeah, up but like but, but, but like but i got something but i ain't much exactly spend. but learn how to be don't spend it all like why would you get to your end and you just gotta have know when to say when right but the other side of financial literacy that my mama really gave me was grind which and when I look at it, you know, you see all these memes. It's like we are not born to go to somebody else's job and work and grind and pay bills and shit like that and not enjoy our lives. And that's what I feel like a whole lot of my mama existence was. And that's who I saw. And that's kind of a characteristic and a trait that I've adapted for myself is work, 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 work. Go do something. Go find a way to make some money. Go get it, whatever, whatever, whatever. That's In the back of my mind, the motto, you know, every millionaire got six, seven streams of income. It rings so true. And so part of me is like, you got to have that hustle grind attitude to go get out there and grind and work. Um, But my mama was a big person that's like, chunk it and move it. Get it? Grind for it? 
Work for it, get it, chunk it, put it away. Chunk it, put it away. But the work and the grind. So it wasn't ever like be smart or strategic with your money. It wasn't ever like, let me talk to you about investments. But I don't, I don't think that's unique from any other black family because we ain't taught that shit. Yeah. Invest yeah. in what? We ain't got to invest in That's what I asked about. Like the uh, the uh, social class stratification is, is saying that poor people, we see money as a tool to survive day to day. And middle class people see, you know what I'm saying, money as something that should be saved, always save, save, save. And what I find is that most black people kind of straddle that the the orientation towards finances as being middle class and, and, and poor. Like we either A trying to strive for middle class aspirations, so we trying to save, or B, we stuck in the rut of the day-to-day, you know what I'm saying, reality. So shit, we using our money as a little tool to survive for the day-to-day task. Right. And, and see, and, and people, and this is where like that like wealth shaming like come into play. Like people tell you, people look at poor people and be like, see, these are rich people habits. Nigga, I ain't got a rich motherfucking pocketbook. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, niggas be talking about, like, like having six streams of income. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling. I got three, and ain't and I'm ain't still making $40,000 right. a year. Exactly. You feel me? So it's Dude, like... you like, get the hell out of here. And so, and so that's where we lose sight of, like, what's, what's important is because we up there talking about saving. How the fuck do you save living paycheck to paycheck? Exactly. Like, when I pay for my necessities, and then just what I need to make it day to day... I don't have nothing to put up. Oh, well, take this out of your life. And take this out of your life. Like, (laughs) this candy bar that you're telling me that I'm just terrible for buying. Millennials, we eat too much avocado toast. Right. Like, because I I, I splurged on the dollar menu. Right. Because I splurged on the dollar menu for lunch, I'm financially irresponsible because that money could have went into an IRA that 10 years later. This is what I feel like these past two days and talking about all this class and stuff. Is what I found is the hypocrisy or like the contradiction nature of it is that when poor people or people of color do some bad shit with the money, whatever happens is seen as, hey, whatever happens, you got to deal with those consequences because you did that. You know what I'm saying? When you really think about government assistance, it's really like maybe like 2% of the taxpayers' money that goes towards government assistance, like 2%. More majority of that money go, goes to bailing corporations out and to tax incentives and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is something interesting about when it comes to like Chase or, or, or GM Motors. They ain't got to live that consequences when they fucked up. They get to get bailed out by the government. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They not but Pookie and Jose and, and, and Corey and them, shit, you mess your money up, that's, that's you. That's your fault. You got to live with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So to me, I literally see it as being the embedded value in people having value in how the system is literally built to make sure that particular people are always seen as being valuable, about value, that valuable. Yeah, I should say value. Valuable. I'm with you. Value. You know what I'm saying? Valuable. And other people always being valueless. You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's the reason why I feel like it's kind of hard rocking the hard spot of being able to say like, you poor people, y'all should not eat this way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or saying, you know, shit, I should only be on food stamps for 18 months. You know what I'm saying? It's because we know the system is literally created to make powerful and powerless. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, all right, what are we going to do with that? Yo. All right, we've we been rocking for two plus. So you know go ahead saying? and tie two us up plus. and wrap us up. Oh, I was, was going to say that was the bow. 
yeah. I was gonna say yeah. yeah that, that was that. Yeah, that's, 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 that's it. That's it right there. Hey, that make sure it. y'all tell a friend and tell a friend every Thursday night. We bring it to you, real rap, raw politics, the the, the economy, entertainment, shit, sports. You know what I'm saying? Up. You name it, we in that thing like chicken wings with no hot sauce. So Look what this means is go follow us on the chop up. I mean, follow us at the chop up on Facebook and on Instagram. But in the yeah. meantime, between time, in between now and like Wednesday, and Thursday, YouTube. comment. And YouTube. Oh, and YouTube. Show on YouTube. Give us a comment and let us know or shout it one in the inbox. Let us know. Hey, man, this happened. I want to see y'all talk about this. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And shout out to everybody that's been slid in the inbox or that's been tagged me or something like, hey, this is a good topic for y'all to talk about on Chop Up because we want to give the people what they want because it's power to the people. Period. Hey, straight up. Hey, well, we glad for all 12, 13, for everybody that was in here. We you too blessed to stay blessed, bro. We appreciate every second, you know what I'm saying? Like, Julius said, long, hit us up. <laughs> you feel me? It's been it's been real. Let me say this real quick before we close it out. Give me one to three calendar days, and you will have the audio for these shows available to you on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, uh, Blog Talk Radio, Radio, Stitcher Radio. So between now and Sunday, y'all be looking out for these posts so y'all can re-listen and recap this if you missed any of it, or y'all can share the audio, share the links, share the post that we got out there. We just trying to get these messages out to the world. That's it. Y'all already know we be talking about something. So go ahead and share what what least say. Tell a neighbor, tell a friend. We ain't here. Y'all already know what it is. It's the chop up. Y'all know what time it is. Yeah. It's been real. We out this thing. It's been real. Definitely. Yeah. Love y'all. Peace.